Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah. Glad we're <laughs> we're glad you're here. Caught you off guard there. Yep. It's good to be with all of you. Before we jump in, we want to tell you about a free course you can download called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. And this is a course for both the person who's broken the trust and the person who's been betrayed. And you can go to the show notes and click on the link and we'll send it to you right away. This has foundational information about the process of rebuilding trust in the early stages. And it will give you a lot of guidance during a time where there's often a lot of confusion. So go click on that link and download it. We'll send it to you. Hopefully it's helpful to you. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about the difference between forgiveness and trust. This comes up a lot. Yeah, for sure. Especially with a lot of our clients that are very religious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are uh, religious, spiritual people, and this is a world we live in. And a lot of my clients and a lot of people we talk to really get hung up on this, what can feel like this dichotomy of forgiveness versus trust. Yeah, like they're almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they're not. They're not. Mm -hmm. They're very different. Kind of pick it apart. So the the application, I see this come up a lot, is usually what happens is there's been a betrayal, there's been some major breach of trust, and there's a conversation usually from the person who's broken the trust. There's usually some sort of a comment or desperate plea or criticism that shows up in the form of, why haven't you forgiven me? You know, God's forgiven me. Why won't you forgive me? Mm-hmm. Or my my pastor, bishop, clergy, whoever says that I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. How come you're not forgiving me? Mm-hmm. You know, if God doesn't remember my sins, how come you still, <laughs> you know, isn't it forgiven? Forget. Uh-huh. It gets into this language that is really about if you understand forgiveness, then why are we still having problems, right? Yeah, which can, is crazy. It's like be a lot crazy of pressure. because that's a huge misunderstanding of forgiveness. Yes. And it's, again, it's usually coming from the person who's broken the trust or someone trying to help the couple. Sometimes therapists, I've, I've run into that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. And often, you know, religious leaders that mean well that are trying to help this couple along, but the forgiveness can quickly turn into what I would describe as victim blaming, mm-hmm. putting the burden and the, pr- and, and the pressure yeah. on the person the who's healing. been betrayed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about how, like why they're different. Do you want to start? Yeah. Well, like forgiveness is about, well, first of all, we kind of talk about forgiveness like it's a gift that we give somebody, mm-hmm. but forgiveness ends up being a gift we give ourselves. I believe that. So, and it's about seeing the humanity in somebody else and their 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 flaws, their weakness, their whatever their shortcomings are that led them to to do something that harmed us in mm-hmm. some way. So to be able to forgive that, honor somebody else's humanity on, you know, at the same time just honoring our own humanity, just the the human condition is one where we make choices that hurt people sometimes. Mm-hmm. So in general, forgiveness is is about just recognizing that. Yeah, almost like releasing them from having to be perfect. Right. Right. Not us not playing God and sort of exacting some sort of 
you know, punishment, perfection out of another person. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you say that it's a gift that we give ourselves, I'd love to hear more about that from you. Because it's not really, it's not about us. Forgiving is about, it's about just seeing another person as a a whole person Mm -hmm. and being willing to recognize and honor that. But doing that benefits us. And much of the time when somebody hurts us, how we feel about them doesn't necessarily affect them. I mean, it can. And in a close relationship, it can. It can It can have a ripple effect. You know, yeah, if you sure. have really, if you're really upset at a spouse for things that they've done that have hurt you, there will be consequences. But we can be the ones held hostage by an unwillingness to, to forgive, just to recognize the humanity of people. But that, I mean, that is very separate from the effect that it has on us and the pain that it causes and also what our relationship looks like moving forward. Yeah, we'll get into that. That's more, yeah. right, that's more the trust stuff. Another yeah. another take on forgiveness that I really like, this was actually, had her on as a guest a couple of years ago, Wendy Ulrich mm-hmm. or Ulrich, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but she's written a lot about self-forgiveness and forgiving others. And one thing that she that she taught me was that forgiveness is really turning over the other person to God in a spiritual context, turning them over to God and allowing God, you know, or whatever your tradition is, the universe, whatever you want to say, your higher power to restore back to you what was lost and to deal with them in whatever way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Buddhist might say karma, whatever. You're just, yeah. you're just surrendering you having to be the one that exacts the price mm-hmm. or that somehow restores, gets them to restore back to you what was taken. It's really a surrender. And yes. that's where I think it benefits you is that you don't have to some somehow do the impossible now. Yeah. It really frees you from having to be in that position anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, like you said earlier, you doing that is, is not a, it's not a joint decision. You're not, you're not working that out with the other person. No. How you feel and how you're working through that isn't something that like they're having any input on. In terms of forgiveness? Forgiveness. No. Right. Forgiveness is yes. very much an individual choice. Yeah. It's a process that's very private and personal. Nobody can rush it. It uh-huh. is a process. Nobody can demand it. Nobody Mm-mm. can expect it. Nobody nope. can press it. You can't even press yourself. You mm-hmm. can't even wake up in the morning and decide, today's the day. I'm done. I'm over it. Because you, yeah. you might be. Yeah. And th- you might not be. You I might. Th- yeah. Exactly. It's something that I think when it happens, it feels like a miracle. It feels like relief. It feels nice to not be burdened by that anymore. It does. And that, I mean, that can happen like in a moment that you're very aware of. And on the other hand, you could wake up and realize, wow. It could surprise you. Yeah. I'm unburdened by this. Yeah. yeah, This is kind of like resolved. Yeah. And I've worked with people who genuinely could forget, like who who were basically able to, or were somehow capable of forgiving quickly, like really quickly. Sure. And they were surprised by it too, that they weren't carrying that around and others, it took a lot longer, mm-hmm. but for the, but for the person who's broken the trust to demand forgiveness, mm, that's pretty out of line. I think so. I think it's, it has entitlement mixed into it. A lot of fear, a lot of control. Yes. Mistrust. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and manipulation, Yeah. which is really like what's underneath that is I need you to take these steps so that I can feel okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll invoke higher authority, God, mm-hmm. a church, yeah. a leader, it takes whoever. To get you to, to get in, to do, to behave, and to believe the way I want you to. I've now built a spiritual army mm-hmm. against you to get you to comply. Yeah. It's coercive, it's manipulative, mm-hmm. and it can get abusive in the sense of, you know, using that sort of leverage to mm-hmm. get you to do something 
which in a lot of cases, in my experience, may have even been part of the original pattern of betrayal and abuse and other stuff that was going on. Yeah, sure. Where there's just a complete lack of respect or regard for the other person's Uh process or who they are. Yeah. So if someone is pressuring you to forgive them and something feels feels wrong about it, you're picking up on something important. Yeah. Because that process cannot be demanded or required. Mm-mm, no. Well, and neither can trust <laughs> for yeah. that matter. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about trust because trust is very different. Trust is very different. Trust is- And forgiving, yeah. maybe we had to address this before okay. we do that. The the tie that we tend to make between forgiving and forgetting. Mm-hmm. That forgiveness does not necessarily mean we don't remember what happened. Which would be weird. Forgiveness is a choice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how are, how are we going to- learn from our experiences if we keep pretending they yeah. don't affect us. Right. Then we just end up in the same groundhog day yeah. of repetition and no learning and growth. So forgiveness, so that's a, a logical fallacy, forgiveness equating to forgetting. Right. And I think the forgetting part of, of forgiving is really about the the pain and the suffering and the, just the personal suffering that comes from that struggle of what to do with this other person or what to do with what happened. When when there's really been that that relief and that the unburdening that happens with real forgiveness when it happens, in a way you you do sort of like don't you don't carry that memory of that deep pain anymore. So in a sense there is a forgetting mm, of every single living, day the, being the tortured. Pain present. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, that's how I like to interpret it. It's not sort of holding you hostage anymore. Right. But it's not but, but depending you, on what how the trust plays out, right. it still informs you. Correct. Oh, like absolutely. What happened still needs to be in yeah. in your awareness somewhere. There's so a that memory of it that matters. The memory yeah. of it, the recalling, the thinking about it, it just isn't going to... It's like, to me, I guess it's like a broken arm. There's a lot of fear and pain and all the stuff that comes up, you know, that happens. But after it's handled and things are reset and everything... You can remember it and talk about it. Yeah. But in a way you forget or don't really care about all that agony because it's gone. Like you've released it. Yeah. Some healing has happened. Now, trust, on the other hand, is something that is earned. Yes. It can't be demanded. It can't be, there's no entitlement. No. Well, and you talked about forgiveness being an individual process. Trust is more of a collaborative process. Absolutely. And it's funny. I have a lot of people that ask like, well, how are you going to know when you trust someone? And it's one of those things where it's like, well, it's like, you know, when you know, you, you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you just, you, it's not something that can be measured by check boxes or steps. Cause you can have somebody that goes through, you know, a lot of the times in, in my trust building boot camp that I have this course or these other resources that I've maybe shared with people, sometimes they'll go through and, and do all the behaviors sure. that we know are helpful for rebuilding trust, Yeah, but the trust doesn't come back. And they're, they're just totally bewildered by it and even angry that they've done all these things. And why isn't my trust restored? And it's just you know, not that simple. Yeah. Well, and part of the trick there is that trust is not transactional. Right. And so, so it can't be something that can just be, you can check all the right boxes and trust is achieved. Mm-hmm. It's not like that at all. Right. It's relational. Right. So. It just makes me think of that. Maybe I've shared this on here before, but it just makes me giggle when your grandfather, Grandpa Warren, uh-huh. when he, he held his first great-grandson, which was, this was 20, <laughs> 25 years ago. This was our oldest son. Yeah. Do you his, remember this? Yeah. 
And he came to yeah, our house. He, was, he flew out to Auburn, Alabama. It was a big deal. Yeah. He flew out from Utah and and he greets our son and he's got this babe, this little infant who's just yeah. like a month old. And he was in his eighties? Seventies or eighties. Yeah. He was he was up there and uh yeah, so he picks up our son almost like Lion King style, like Simba. Uh, but looking him in the face. Puts him up right above his head and he's just like, Bond. Bond. <laughs> right. It was he so was cute. He was being silly. He was being silly, but he just felt this desire to be so close to this new baby who was his namesake too. Yes. He just absolutely wanted to feel like this bond and this connection, this attachment to this baby. And, you know, he tried to rush it. <laughs> right. Right. It, it, was, it funny. was funny. We had a good laugh it was... about it. But it really, part of why it's funny, of course, is because that's ridiculous. You can't force that. You can't just swoop in, nope. buy a plane it ticket, takes time, show up, do the right thing, consistency. be the, the great grandfather. Nobody's going to bond and nobody's going to rebuild trust that way mm, yeah. by swooping in, doing some big actions, yeah. you know, these big outbursts of emotion, these big things. And, and all of a sudden you're supposed to trust this other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, that's one of the signs that you're in an unhealthy relationship is when you trust too quickly. Yeah. Like if somebody's you know, like, they often talk about this in, you know, with narcissism, right? Like love bombing and, and the trust goes up so fast and you've had this really incredible day or weeks with this person. And uh -huh. all of a sudden you're just, you know, you're just giving them the keys to the kingdom. It's like every, you know, and that's of course a huge red flag. Yeah. Trust doesn't work that way. Yeah. Even in a long-term committed relationship where mm -hmm. trust has been broken, even though you have a history together. Mm -hmm. Remember the good times. Remember the... Right. doesn't work it like that. It probably wasn't all bad, but mm -hmm. yeah. But once you've shown that like there can be a huge breach, a huge betrayal, then that has to be healed Oh yeah. over time. Right. Because it introduces so many questions. Mm -hmm. Who is this person? What are they capable of? Well, and if you've been capable mm -hmm. of this thing that has harmed us, then clearly I know that that could happen again. I it think, could happen again. I think mistrust is is a very critical safety mechanism mm -hmm. for stable relationships. Yeah, I think without it, in the same way that little you know little children trust too easily, and we have to protect them. Yeah, we just don't let them take candy from strangers or run out in the right. street or right. You know, we we have to watch them very closely because they give they trust so quickly, and our adult tendency to be suspicious or to slow down or not trust right away, especially when we've been burned, can be a very protective thing that I think should work for the relationship. And the person who's broken the trust, I think has an opportunity to really honor that protective mechanism mm -hmm. and not fight it. Right. And I'm guessing that like that becomes a particular hang up when somebody's identity is built around the need to be a trustworthy person. Yeah. So that if they break trust, and it takes a long time to, I mean, then that just cuts at the core of who they need to think they are. Right. But the truth is everybody breaks trust mm -hmm. in some form Absolutely. Or yeah. We all do. That's just part of being human. Mm -hmm. So if there's this push, this rush to like, I need you to see me as a trustworthy person before I've been trustworthy, again, another red flag. Yeah. Which is interesting because if you're rebuilding trust, then your focus, you'll want your focus to be on helping create conditions that will help your partner to heal. But needing to be seen as a trustworthy person just takes the focus back onto yourself mm -hmm. again. Well so put. It's misplaced. Yeah. That's really well stated. Exactly. So that doesn't support the relationship or the, the healing or the rebuilding of trust at all. I find that in all the couples I've worked with over the years, 
the people that are the most successful in, in this process, it's this really strange, almost paradox where they're intentional and recognizing that they need to re be the one rebuilding trust. And so they're actively doing those things that promote trust, the conditions and stuff like that, changing, learning about themselves. But there also is a, like a deep acceptance or almost surrender of not caring about how long it takes. Sure. Or not really almost worrying about whether they're trustworthy or not. They're not, right. they're not checking not, the temperature not all the time. Right. right. They're just honoring the fact that this is going to take time and they've thrown off the timelines. Right. They don't really get hung up on that. And so when you've got someone that's anxiously pushing mm -hmm. to, you know, you, why don't you forgive me? Why don't you trust me? Why don't you, often it's usually the forgiveness thing. It's rare that it's trust. Usually they're using, they're trying to invoke the spiritual peace. Sure. As a way to get more leverage. But either way, it's the same message, which is you're still distant. You're not connecting. That's a huge red flag. In my belief that that is a signal that trust hasn't been, re hasn't been restored yet. No. Now, this might be another episode because I want, we want to wrap this one up. But there are times where somebody could be in a position and they're, they are humble. They are open. They are, they've thrown out. They've surrendered. They're promoting trust. They're doing everything they can to create the conditions. And somebody's been hurt so badly or been through so much loss and betrayal and, and broken, you know, things, things have been damaged so deeply that it's really hard for them. Almost like they can't they even stuck. allow themselves get stuck. to take that risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So recognize that that is a thing that happens. Yes. And sometimes you'll need extra help with that. And there's a whole nother process. So we can talk about that more down the road. Yeah. But, you know, I definitely talk about that in the trust building workshops and other resources, but recognize that even if you're listening to this, you're like, man, I've done everything. And I really am trying to throw all, all the control away and just be surrendered. And my partner still won't allow me back in, or there's, it's been years or however long, recognize that there might be more going on there. And that's okay for them, you know, to have that conversation of, mm -hmm. of, you know, in a really gentle and understanding way, really explore why is this so difficult? Why is it so risky to try? Yeah. So I think that's a fair thing to, to look at, but not in the first few weeks or months. No. Don't go there. No. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, very good. I think this is a good place to stop. Once again, thanks for being with us. Yeah. We love having you here. And uh, when we were talking about rebuilding trust today and love for you to download the free resource, this first steps to rebuilding trust workshop that's available using the link in the show notes. So thanks everyone. We'll catch you next episode.